It's a penalty harnesses the power of sport to prevent abuse, exploitation, and human trafficking. We're working to disrupt the fastest growing illegal business enterprise in the world while protecting victims and preventing trafficking through awareness and education because we believe prevention is better than cure. Everybody, welcome to It's a Penalties podcast. And I am Sarah DeCavalli, the CEO of It's a Penalty. And my guest today is Sam, who's known as Shamila Vijay Kumar, Chief Operating Officer of Rahab's Daughters, one of our partners. Sport brings people together. We stand with It's a Penalty against the exploitation and trafficking of vulnerable people. It's a penalty was amazing for us because of the scope, the passion, and the clear direction around human trafficking. We're enlisting the help of the community and our business partners so that we can teach them to spot the signs of human trafficking. We support it's a penalty in preventing human trafficking. These crimes will not be tolerated. It's a penalty. So welcome, Sam. So we, we were so grateful to have you on the panel during our launch of the What is Human Trafficking campaign featuring the actor Liam Neeson. Yeah, it was great to be there. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a great campaign. And tell, tell us about your story, Sam, because I know you are a survivor of human trafficking. Yeah, um, obviously it's a cause near and dear to my heart being that I was 16 when it happened to me and, um, you know, I came from uh, an upper middle class family and it, you know, it, it wasn't that my home life was uh, as challenging as it was that my, you know, I was being bullied at school. I was one of those kids that was not, um, you know, mainstream so much as I preferred studying and my and reading to this, to this day more than pretty much anything else. And, you know, it, it led to a situation in which my, you know, social skills weren't that well developed and, and it was easy for me to be a target. And, uh, you know, I um, ran away from home because I couldn't um, figure out a better solution. And um, I was that typical statistic that within 24 hours of leaving the home, I had already been trafficked. So I left home, got a job at what I thought was a nightclub as a hostess. Turned out it wasn't, it was a brothel. And, you know, I was forced to do all sorts of unconscionable things. And it actually took nine months for a customer to help me to escape. But by that point, I was so broken and so completely uh, beyond, you know, the ability to help myself that I allowed myself to be trafficked again, actually three more times, because honestly, I had no self-esteem left. I didn't have, I, you know, I hadn't finished high school at that point, And I didn't have any, you know, skills, right, for the job market. So, um, you know, I have been super blessed uh, to change that situation over the years, but it took a long time. And, you know, every time I, I would go back to school. So I then graduated high school, 
with the help of my family and, and a local church in, in West Virginia, um, went off to college and ended up trafficked all over again because I made the mistake of telling people um, my story. So I, I was in Florida um, working at a club and um, I was a chef, right? So I was going to culinary school and, and um, I told them what had happened to me. And within a few days, I was servicing the clientele and being you know, basically threatened that I wouldn't make it through school if I didn't comply. And at a season when you have no self-esteem and you don't think you can stand up to people, yeah. especially in a very highly male-dominated environment when you're extremely afraid of that, it's very easy to make really poor choices. And, you know, I definitely felt coerced um, and that ended in me being sold and isolated and dropping out of school again and you know um trafficked again mm. um but this time to different kind of clientele right and so i was sold at super bowl parties i was sold at all sorts of things and then you know i was very lucky to have my church intervene again and basically hide me after i'd been beaten within an inch of my life um and it took years to sort of repair that damage. And, you know, um, last year I graduated with my master's from Northwestern, which is for me a huge accomplishment coming from you know, living on the streets, right? And um, it, it can change, but it took a long time to get there. And so I'm super passionate about providing that for survivors, you know? Of course you are. I mean, your story is, you know for people listening to this it's just unimaginable what you've been through and to have been trafficked three or four times during a period you know that of your life over those years and for you to be where you are today you know and the fact that you've turned that around you've healed yourself up you've got yourself a master's degree and now you're helping hundreds of other girls in your situation um that we're in your situation you know is it's just it's inspirational your story is inspirational and um and the thing that really strikes me is you know it's your it was that church that reached out you know there were people there that that wanted to help you weren't there at that at that stage in your life when you were most desperate and most destitute Yes. Um, and, and honestly, I was in a situation, Sarah, where I could only hurt other people. I was so hurt that I wasn't even good at receiving help. Right. And I think that that's, you know, a key part of intervention work in human trafficking is to understand that survivors often, you know, are not in a place to trust. Help no. is a real thing. So mm -hmm. it's really important that we you know, as anti-human trafficking organizations are a understanding of that situation and understanding of the fact that hurting people often hurt and, you know, grace is something we have to apply over and over in order to really make that intervention something, you know, possible and sustainable for the long term, because it, it is challenging. And that's why you started Rahab's Daughters 
Yeah, I had volunteered in a lot of different places and I obviously at the beginning didn't want to be the face of anything, right? So I'm very good behind a computer screen, right? Uh, data science is my passion and I, I like to work in, and I work in software um, as my day job. And so I started looking at things online and working that angle. But when I moved back to the US now, like 2010, 11-ish, I realized that, you know, we had such a shortage of programming for human trafficking victims th that understood the psyche of what it takes to unpack all of that you've been through and that it's not gonna happen in a week or a month, right? It's gonna take time and consistent support. And that's when my husband and I were like, you know what, we're gonna try Rehab's Daughters. And so we got together with some of our friends who were also passionate about human trafficking and sort of started Rahab's Daughters, not really knowing where it would go. Um, and, you know, our sort of for first couple of years, we were sort of a fully volunteer, not, not even like a 501c3 or anything. And then um, in 2015, we decided to become a 501c3 and we, uh, you know, just turned five and we've grown. And uh, this year we will um, have served 516 women and children to exit um, human trafficking. That's amazing. I mean, that is, you know, if it was just one, it would be worth it, but 500 and what was the number again? 16 so far for 2020. So it's, but I think COVID had a lot to do with that because that's quite a lot higher than our norm. But, you know, this year has been a very strange year in which a lot of, you know, folks wanted help because they wanted to be off the streets and they wanted to be out of the brothels with COVID being an added risk factor for them. We're also super fortunate that, you know, we've all our volunteers have continued to help and, and that it's been possible to do that. Amazing. So your organization exists to support survivors and prevent human trafficking. And you have multiple locations in the US, right? We do. Yep. Um, we are in Buffalo, New York. We're in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Florida, um, Illinois, and Indiana. So, um, you know, and um, we have been, we've been in a few other states, but um, obviously this year we've consolidated down to those as our main chapter locations. That's amazing. And you'll only keep growing, I'm sure. I mean, sadly, the need is there. And in response to COVID, it's, it's you know, it's going to be really needed, isn't it? Because the vulnerable are going to be even more vulnerable. That's been what the trend we've seen, right? That um, there's been an increased need just based on people wanting to, you know, leave a situation that could be worse if they continue. Um, and so, yeah, and, and also because so much of it's gone online since COVID too, right? So a lot more pornography, a lot more people being forced to do acts of pornography online that they don't want to do. So, you know, it was fine when it was in a brothel or when it was, you know, on a street, but people don't want to be in a situation where they're online forever, right? Exactly. So from a, a survivor's perspective, what can people do to help stop this from happening to someone, for example, in their family or circle of friends? I mean, the first thing is to know the signs, right? So, I mean, you guys have an amazing website. It's a penalty, knowthesigns.org. 
And I recommend everybody go there and learn the eight signs. Um, and, you know, if you suspect after learning about those signs that something is amiss, then hit the make a report button on that site and make a report right away. Um, you can also call our hotline, um, which is 1-833-4-NEW-DAY. Um, or you can call the National Human Trafficking Hotline, which is 1-888-3737-888. So, you know, obviously there are several ways that you can find out more about whether or not the signs that you're seeing are likely to be, and, and you know, our opinion is it's better to go ahead and report even if you're wrong than it is to not report because if you're right, you could save someone's life. Exactly, I'm sure. So that's knowthesignsnow.org for people who want to get themselves familiarized with the signs to look out for and have ways to report. You can go to also itspenalty.org. Um, and as we said earlier, um, you know, you partnered with us for the um, What is Human Trafficking campaign with Liam Neeson. We've made two short films. If you go to knowthesignsnow.org or itspenalty.org, you can you know follow us on social media and you can see that video it's already been seen by three and a half million people just on social media and it's now being shown on airlines on emirates and cathay pacific and american airlines and japan air so um you, we want that film to get out far and wide because as we were saying earlier it's educating about what is human trafficking but also the signs to look out for so in other words, if someone is listening and they think they might be in a situation where they're being exploited and they need help, then what we're saying is call, call those hotlines, call a national hotline, call your hotline, go to its penalty, make a report. Um, if you click on make a report, it'll go through to the map, this map of the world. Wherever you are in the world, you can put your cursor over that part of the world and it will come up with mechanisms by which you can make a report whether you, you're a victim or whether you suspect you've, you've seen something. And like you were saying, Sam, it doesn't matter how, you know, how big or small, you, you know, you're, you, you, if you suspect, but suspect it, then call because the more information that the law enforcers have, the more they're able to build a case and follow that up and, and rescue and rescue and you know rescue the victims and 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 also um arrest the the offenders absolutely right so it's much much better to make the report and make sure that people understand that report um and you know with that in mind um, the more law enforcement is able to have more reports of the same thing, the better we can investigate, right? So if you see it and three other people see it and you all report it, it helps them to narrow down what's important. Exactly. So um, Sam, how can people learn more about you and the work of Rahab's Daughters? Visit our website, um, rahabsdaughters.org. Amazing. And thank you so much for sharing your your story you are an inspiration sam and you know the work you and your husband um have done to to build you know your project rahab's daughters to where it is today after only five years is amazing and we are so privileged to have you as as one of our partners mm -hmm. 
If you want to learn more about the It's a Penalty campaign, visit our website, itsapenalty.org, or follow us on social media.